Welcome to the Conscious Codes podcast, a place for conscious leaders, coaches, healers and service providers who are ready to become a vortex for wealth, freedom and most importantly impact. In our time together we'll cover conscious marketing, branding with an edge, mindset, spirituality and what it takes to breathe the conscious codes into your business. I'm your host Pali Kaur, a conscious business and marketing coach an expert in marketing and branding with over 10 years of experience and the founder of Souls Lemonade. Let's dive in. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Conscious Codes podcast. In today's episode, I have the most amazing guest, Aman Sana from Aman Sana Mentoring and she is a woman that absolutely dives so deep into self-worth. She helps empower women to unlock their self-belief and confidence and really learn to reconnect with themselves and their lives to really live the the life that's true to them and to who they are. So I'm so excited to welcome Amen to the podcast today. Let's dive in. Amen, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on. And I know that everyone can't see what I'm seeing right now, but it's actually amazing. Like I can full on see Amen's aura. We've just jumped on this call and we're on, we can see to the video and my aura is glowing. <laughs> I hope you're able to kind of cut and snapshot some of this onto your socials so that everyone can oh, I'm see, definitely but it's, do that. it's mental. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to show people what I'm seeing right now because I think it's just amazing. <laughs> but before we jump in today, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you, Amin, and what you do? Yeah, so my name's Amun Sunna. I am a self-worth mentor. I'm your go-to self-worth mentor. And I help women transform their mindset, tap into their emotions and balance their energy. And I do this via um, and various things. So we use subconscious healing, we use conscious coaching, um, energy clearing. There's many different avenues for, depending on where you're at in life and what's going on with you, what it is that you need. Um, we're able to use many different tools and techniques to do that amazing and I guess the biggest question is why self-worth mm. like why did you go into self-worth what's the story behind it so for me it's something that I always so when when you're a coach I think you'll know as well you kind of tend to fall in towards something you can um you have experience in or you can talk about so that's why self-worth is my niche I used to struggle with my self-worth and I didn't know it I didn't understand because I used to be outwardly confident and put me in a social setting and it was fine I would be chatty or talk but I soon realized that actually I didn't have much self-belief I didn't believe in myself a lot and then there was times when I'd cringe on the inside mm -hmm. about stuff um, and it became apparent that that was actually my self-worth um, and so then I did the work on myself. And when I did, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with other women. Right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because at the time I thought, oh, I might do some counselling in a couple of years time because I used to be a beauty therapist. And actually, you'll find a lot of coaches used to be in the beauty industry and because it's such a natural thing for when you go to for a massage or get your nails done you talk to that person right so I find a lot of um, peers are also that have been in the beauty industry have kind of moved on to coaching as well mm -hmm. and how do you think then now like after you've been on this journey because obviously a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are like entrepreneurs coaches you know they're in this space of personal development 
why do you think it's so important for them to really tap into and do this work? Yeah, so I used to, like I said, be in beauty therapy and I worked, I like did massages, um, there was facials, there was chemical peels, um, nails, all these types of things. And I didn't believe in myself and I didn't hold my self-worth in high regard. And that showed and reflected in my business so much Mm -hmm. because I used to hide away from it, shy away from it. Um, I had a studio in which there was two rooms. There was a reception room, a back room, and I worked. It was just me there. And I treated my business a bit like a hobby business, but then people started treating it like a hobby business. It was more like, oh, I'll go to Amman, like, you know, oh, I need to cancel last minute. It's okay, don't worry about it, all these types of things. Because I wanted that retention of client mm-hmm. rather than, oh, actually, unfortunately, no, I can't fit you in next week, et cetera, et cetera, because you've cancelled on me last minute I was just bending over backwards to fit in anybody and everybody because I wanted to just capture everyone is that making sense Mm, it sounds like um like people pleasing that that tendency of and I think so many women have that in them where it's like we have this almost like it's it's almost been ingrained in us from such a young age to like give Mm. give more than we take and often don't ever ask to take just keep giving yeah but in the business it was people pleasing because I didn't feel worthy enough to say to set my boundaries yeah so I was always like oh it's okay if you're 10 minutes late 15 minutes late etc and I didn't really believe in myself much in terms of when people would ask oh what do you do I would really downplay it I'd be like oh like nails and things and you know rather than this is what I do like you asked me my intro at the beginning and I was like oh I do this they just reeled off my lips whereas in the the beauty industry when I didn't have that self-belief I would often downplay what I did and actually as a beauty therapist you need to know a hell of a lot of um, anatomy and stuff Mm -hmm. so there's a lot to it a lot more than people know and I just really downplayed it. And when people would ask me questions, I would cringe on the inside, like about facials and stuff, because I think, I actually used to think, what if they Google it and Google says something different? <laughs> Why? I used to think that. Like, it was you like, sound I... just like me. And like, before I did this journey for myself, where I Google it and people and, and Google says something different. And then I'd have to like, actually logically say, oh man, you've done, you've done the anatomy, you know, what collagen does you know what this does you know what that does you know what hyaluronic acid does and I'd have to talk myself out of that little hidden ball that I'd go into when somebody had asked me a question I feel like this is such a common thing that goes on even with like anyone in this industry as coaches as healers where we start second guessing our own knowledge and often that can be the thing that stops us from doing the thing that we really want to do which is like you know I found myself sabotaging for a long time um, when I wanted to get clients. When I first, very, you know, those early stages where you're like, you know, I really want to work with people. Mm. And I actually didn't realize it at the time that I actually didn't want to work with anyone because I was scared because my knowledge didn't feel like it was up to scratch. And I remember having a session with someone who went into this stuff with me. Um, someone who actually works in my one-to-one program now as an EFT specialist. So she comes in, helps my clients. And what we discussed was 
I we she took me back to a time where I felt really stupid like I mean I I, I still mm-hmm. remember the the exact moment that like <laughs> this belief formed was when I was about I think I was in year eight so I don't know how old that was now but I know it was I think it was year eight and I was sitting in geography class and we were about to do a test and I looked at the paper and I was like I don't understand any of the questions and I don't know what it was. It's like my brain had interpreted the questions a completely different way to the way they were written. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote some gibberish down. And then the most mortifying part was that we were told that at the end of the test um, that our peers were going to mark it for us. So we had to swap uh-huh. with the person next to us. And I was like sweating. <laughs> and I remember this like, oh my, I felt so stupid. I literally felt like I needed to vomit all over the table. Yeah. I don't know how I held it together. And I, as soon as the test was done, I ran. I literally, you ran. know, saying you saying that actually reminds me of a time and maybe you've just helped me break through. Um, <laughs> but there was a time in year six um, and spelling isn't my forefront because I think I'm, I've not been diagnosed, but I've, I've definitely have some form of dyslexia or dyspraxia I get my numbers and letters muddled up I'm not a fast read like I'm a Mm -hmm. very slow reader all them kinds of things so we're in spelling and the teacher did the spelling test and she did it and then was like I think she said something like have I missed anything out or no she read out receipt receipt was a word that we needed to write and I said miss you said it was receipt last year week so she'd clearly said receipt to us so that we remembered how to spell it mm-hmm. and I said out loud miss you said this the whole class laughed the teacher laughed and I remember that minute so like when these for anybody listening if there's things that stick with you and memories that you've got they're there for a reason right so like you just said that test made you feel so stupid mm-hmm. that minute I was like oh god I'm so thick like that's so shit I didn't realize that that was just a hidden P. I don't know that, you know. So those parts and those moments are really um, pinnacle because if, the, if you remember them, you remember them for a reason, right? And coming into the coaching business, um, for me, self-worth played a part. It still comes up, but I was so much more in my element. I was so much more what felt like home. It mm-hmm. was just like, oh, okay, I can do this. This is, like, I know this. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit that does come into play, like you said, is that imposter syndrome sometimes of, do I know enough? Am I qualified enough to talk about this? But I, I was on a training. Um, I did a Patrice Washington training. And in it, she said something about um, knowledge versus wisdom. And that has turned my thinking about this because knowledge versus wisdom means you can have the knowledge and you can google or learn whatever you want to learn right but wisdom comes with experience mm-hmm. so if I'm if I, ever I question do I know enough about this topic to talk about it or am I qualified enough I, I turn it to it's actually wisdom because I'm qualified enough to talk about my experience yeah I think that's a great way of looking at it because I feel like I had discounted all of my years of experience and I held on to that single that single belief and I, all I was looking for were other things that were validating that I am stupid. Yeah. So any other moment that I just piled on top of that I was like yeah I'm just stupid. Okay, this person um did better on me on this test because I'm stupid and that person is always going to be smarter than me. Everyone around me was always smarter than me. Isn't and it crazy how we talk to ourselves? It is. And I think I didn't really make the breakthrough until I came into the coaching industry because it was the first time I'd ever been coached. And it wasn't until I got really unwell 
that I started doing EFT and I actually started doing it for my health. But what ended up happening was it just cracked open this huge can of worms and I was able to just go into everything and, you know, 17 sessions. Disclaimer, if you're cracking open your can of worms, please do it carefully. (laughs) Yeah, please, because it does. But in hindsight, it was the best thing I ever did because I didn't realize at the time, though I was helping my body, what I was also doing was helping my myself in my business yeah. because it gave me this huge like confidence because I you know I no longer believe those things like I no longer believe that I'm stupid yeah you know, I know what I'm talking about I literally wrote the wrote a post the other day that I'm going to be posting on my social soon about how you know I'm qualified to to help people because I have all this experience and no, not just like my knowledge, but my life experience and my story and everything mm. that brought me to this moment. And I'm and not thinking <laughs> as an entrepreneur, when we talk about qualifications, we're like, oh my God, I've got my certification. Now I need my NLP. Now I need my EMT. Yeah. Now I need this. Now I need um, to know about like how to regulate nervousness. How about you lean into your experiences and you team up with an expert in NLP and they help you and you help their, their clients. Like you don't have to be an expert in everything and you don't have to have certification after qualification, after accreditation under your belt. It's okay. Lean into your zone of genius and that will help your self-worth flourish in itself. Oh, absolutely. And I think you've just hit the nail on the head. Like, when we're stopping ourselves from moving forward because we think we're just not qualified because we need a thousand qualifications, you can tap into other people's knowledge. You can tap into other people's wisdom. It's exactly what I've done. I'm not a nervous system expert. I know about nervous system support. Mm. I do it for my clients. Um, You know, I can, I do deep coaching, but I don't do that, that deep nervous system support. That's why I brought Rachel in, into my Mm. program so that she can do that for my clients. And those sessions are completely standalone exactly my that. clients love that they love the fact that it's not it's it's within the container but they get to they get an outlet where they just get to pour everything into that session that is holding them yeah. back and it you know that really like peels back the layers and then they can start moving forward and they've had incredible results on the back of that and I didn't you know I could have stopped myself I could have said you know what I'm not going to do it I'm because sometimes when we have got that wound of not feeling good enough we feel like asking for the support and asking for somebody else to come in and do it is saying that we're not good enough and it's completely not so like similar to you I've got a monthly membership where I facilitate um we, we do two calls a month mm-hmm. and I do some calls there's there's meditations and loads of different things but I actually call it your your selection box of self-development because I bring in guest experts quite regularly to do the things that they are experts in mm-hmm. and the whole point of this membership is so it's one place where everybody can come in and pick out what works for them because not everything is going to be right for everyone as well yeah that's true um, and they can pick out what they want and then they can use them tools so that's why it's okay to lean on others that are experts just find what you're find your zone of genius and it might not be something as obvious as an accreditation or something that's written down your zone of genius might be connecting with people your zone of genius may be being able to read someone's energy your zone of genius may be being able to articulate something in a way that people understand it Mm -hmm. yeah because we don't have to be like What's that? What's that saying? Um, jack of all trades, mm. but master of none. <laughs> yeah, know? we don't. We we don't have to do that. And I think, especially from like a marketing and branding lens, it's actually so much 
better and easier especially if you're a small business in the beginning to to really hone in on the thing that what do they say when you talk to everyone you talk to nobody yeah yeah that's like a big big saying in in marketing so in in your opinion then like what what do you think like in terms of like self-worth self-belief how do you think um doing this work has helped you like really hone in on your zone of genius like how do you think it's helped your business grow as with everything it's a journey um Mm -hmm. for me first doing the work myself I always knew I was meant to help people always knew that like I've just I thought it was through holistic therapies um and then it grew and then I was like maybe it's counseling and then I found self I found coaching for myself and then was like oh my god this is it this is what I'm supposed to be doing with other women and I um lent into that and I did my certification and stuff um and and once I'd done that, I was able to help women on a certain level. Um, and then I went through things in life just like people do. So dad passed away mm-hmm. and that, oh my God, dad's passing was October. Like it was going to be two years in October. It was one of the most pinnacle moments in my life because it showed me how to live so differently he wasn't ill he was it was just a shock it was very sudden but he was in an induced coma for a week and I've always been very spiritual and very empathic but that week and I know your listeners are going to be quite spiritual so they will appreciate and understand this that week I was able to communicate with dad while he was in an induced coma uh, via meditation via signs by everything that week, the gift he gave me before passing was the belief that, wow, I can tune into this way more than I've ever known. And if, if anybody does see the video, they'll see <laughs> see that quite literally now as my aura is just like shining out. Um, but yeah, for, for dad, for dad he, sh- he gifted me that. He gifted me that whilst he was asleep. He never spoke. He was an induced coma. And that gave me the belief that, wow, this isn't just something that like I can comes in and out. This is something that I can actually tune into. Following that, I then delved into energy work a lot more. And I delved into what that looked like. And I've been able to now really hone in on it and be able to tune my gifts. Before it was something that came to me here and there and I didn't know how to control. Now I can I've got it. I, I can tune in. I'm super intuitive. I can feel people. I can read people. I always say, with your permission, because people get scared when I say that. I'm like, I'm not just gonna read you now. Um, and and that was the catalyst for that. So as that journey went on, again, it was evidence to me. And evidence is always a good thing for self worth. Evidence is always a good way of being like, okay, what is the evidence? If if anybody's ever questioning, am I a good coach? Can I do this? Look at the evidence, look at your feedback, get your feedback from your clients, look at the messages people send you. That is evidence of the work that you are doing. Mm-hmm. Evidence that you are all of the things that you're questioning or doubting. Am I able? Am I can I do this? Evidence I had on one. Um, somebody, I had a business coach. She said to me, I mean, what is your, um, what, what they're called? Not zone of genius. What is your, what makes you different to others? Mm-hmm. What are that called? What is that called? A USP. That's it. What is your USP? And, um, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it might be, I think it might be like seeing energy and stuff. And she, and she gave me evidence of a time where I 
called her out and was like, are you okay? And she was like, yep, 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 I can, I am. And she was like, I pretended, but no, I wasn't. That's evidence that you know what you're doing with this energy work. Mm -hmm. Like, look for the evidence, look for the feedback, look for the reviews and look for the transformations that you're helping people with. And that will give you that boost in your self-worth that, yeah, actually, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I am worthy. Yeah, absolutely. Did that um, answer your question? I don't it know. did, yeah. But how, how do you think then, like, specifically, then spirituality can help other people tap into, you know, because obviously not everyone has this, like, you know, I think a lot of people second-guess their intuition, let's be honest, yeah. right? Like, I spent many years second-guessing my intuition and going against my gut. So how do you think people can really, like, tune in? So I would always say, and it's going to sound super cliche, but I, uh, I'm going to use the word meditation. When I say meditation, I mean, just be still with yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to sit there for an hour with music on, with your legs crossed and your hands, you know, it doesn't mean any of that. It means, if it means going for a walk and clearing your head and tuning into what you want, go with that. Some people feel it in the gut. Some people feel it in their heart. It will be different. We call it a gut feeling, right? Because it's there in your kind of solar plexus that you feel it and your intuition comes in there. I always say your intuition is your higher self giving you the nudge. Your higher self always knows what's best for you and what decision is best. And it gives you that nudge to say, go and do this, go and do that. Sometimes, sometimes, again, I was on a training yesterday and someone said, oh, my intuition was super wrong. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes your intuition tells you to do something and it seems like a, a, you know, a mess up or a failure, but you were supposed to do that because you're mm-hmm. supposed to learn the lessons from it. So trust that gut feeling, trust the heart feeling, wherever it comes from for you, because that is your higher self, a part of your soul that's trying to tell you what to do and trying to guide you. And in order to hear that, let the rest of the noise fall away. And that's why I say meditation. And for me, my favorite thing to do is stick my earphones in. I will blast some music in terms of guided music. Or for me, it's like Shabbat, some parts and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I will blast this and listen to it and just sit and scan my body, listen to my body. Like I feel where the resistance is, feel where the feeling is, because we always have a little feeling inside, right? I try not to think too much. I try and switch my thoughts off. And it's about knowing the difference between when a thought is coming in and when it's a feeling. And the more you do it, the more you'll be able to strengthen that. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So, so much was coming into my head when you were saying all of that. And I was like, it's funny because for the longest time, like I didn't trust my intuition. And then even though I've always been very deeply spiritual, and I think something that's really easy to do when you are like, I'm I'm a marketing branding coach, right? Is to put your strategy cap on and mm. you're just like, let me just do it with strategy. Let me just like, let me just go and learn the next strategy. And then that's the thing that's going to help. But actually it's never been the strategy. Like, yes, I have a thousand strategies in, in my back pocket because that's what I do, right? That's like the the knowledge I have. But actually, my biggest results have come in when I have allowed myself to really tap into intuition mm-hmm. and when I'm not resisting the thing yeah. that's going on. So whether it's life, something going on in my life that's slowing me down, it's it's slowing me down for a reason. I need to take a look at something 
there's some two things here because life and strategy like strategy I'm one of these that actually like to marry the two like Mm. I do love a bit of logic and when I first when I went to my first business coach I was like I have all of these ideas and I have no strategy tell me what to do like tell me how to put these into um I did and we've both it's Serena right Serena we've Mm -hmm. both worked with and she she was like okay and there was there was times when she was talking to me and I would cut her up I'm like and then and there was another idea and another idea and I was just full of ideas that was my intuition saying this idea this idea this idea but I had no strategy to put it into fruitation. So mm-hmm. I think it's super important to, yes, listen to your intuition, but then choose the correct strategy to marry with that. Yeah. And, and I think you intuition possibly... will probably tell you, right? Right. What and strategy you, is, right? you probably thought, oh, I've got all these strategies, but I'm not listening to my intuition. For me, it was the other way around because I didn't have the strategies. I had to go to somebody else to say, what strategies do I need? Because these are the ideas that are flowing out from me. So it's super important to marry the two together. The other point you you made was about personal life. And oh my God, anybody listening, if there's anything I've learned over the last couple of years, your personal life and your business are going to reflect and mirror each other. You cannot separate (laughs) the two. Especially in the industry we're in. Especially in the industry we're in, right? A, we are personal brands. We are personal brands that, um, and this is something that always like comes up for me. Sometimes feedback from family and friends I will get is about aesthetically um, things aren't perfect, quote commas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on my feed or if I'm doing a podcast, aesthetically, oh, couldn't you aesthetically get that great? I could aesthetically get it great or perfect, but that's not my brand. My brand is to be imperfectly perfect. So I'm very on brand because I'm turning up as who I am with the imperfectness because that's relatable to my clients because that's me. Mm -hmm. If I started being perfect, right, that's not me. And that wouldn't speak or resonate with my clients because it's fake. Yeah, um, you, you bring up such a good point because um, recently I um, did a guest expert session and when I was thinking about what I wanted to put in there, there was, you know, the basics of branding and, you know, the stuff that we all want to know, especially in the early stages, just so we can start moving forward, right? So we know what we're doing, we know what we stand for. And then there was this other element and this was where my I allowed my intuition to come in and just give me like a bit of a nudge and say, this is what you need to talk about now. And the other side of it is really embodiment and how we embody the brand because without, so you can have your brand, right? So let's just say we we create a brand strategy for you right now. We wrote it all down and everything's there, but now you actually have to show people, right? Now you actually have to go out into the world and show people, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. But if you're doing that in a way that is not you. So for example, if you decided, okay, you know what? I'm just going to make my feed really perfect and aesthetically pleasing for everyone else but actually inside that's not who you are you just want to be yourself that is going to come across right and it's going to it's going to come across in a way that it's probably going to then attract the wrong people into your Mm. your space who are looking for perfection yeah right and if your brand isn't about perfection you're then not going to enjoy the work and all of a sudden you've gone down the rabbit hole of the wrong business (laughs) Exactly. exactly and you're not happy so and I see this happen so often where people are trying to m- like mirror success that they've seen 
And yeah. I think sometimes when we see that, it's not because it's wrong. It's probably a part of us that we really want to like mm. aspire to. So it's all about working on your identity as well. Like, you know, what what's the thing that I really like about that coach? Not that I want to be her, but what's the thing that what really is it specifically about yeah. her? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. how do I how do I like level myself up so that I can feel like that I'm embodying that trait, whether it's confidence or, you know, whether it's like showing up with energy, you know, it's not always about being this high vibe coach or oh, yeah. because I, I will really- always show like the other day. I think I did a post I was like I'm at the fucking uniform shop (laughs) (laughs) yeah I saw that and it was so real (laughs) yeah yeah because that's my life there's no point in me just posting about going on holiday and then again actually on holiday everybody does their perfectly posed pictures which is beautiful (laughs) don't get me wrong it is beautiful to see and I did mine too but then I also showed the reality of the rock sticking in my bum and (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get the right shot like I just think it's so important to be real because then you're going to attract, what did I say? They're going to attract, you're going to attract your tribe, right? Yeah. So your vibe attracts your tribe. You're going to attract who is right for you. But also with personal life, I think when we say they will mirror each other, if you're going through something in yourself, that's going to so show in your business. Mm -hmm. So for instance, each level of my transformation or of my up level you want to call um my business has changed with that and up leveled with that um I'm going through something this year that actually about March or April it shook me to my core Mm -hmm. and when it shook me to my core it actually shook my business as well and that reflected in sales because it shook me to my core personally that rippled out to my questioning and doubting myself in my business and I always say to everybody if you doubt yourself people will smell it on you mm-hmm. people will doubt it you as well yeah <laughs> they will like energetically feel yeah. it or smell it or you will that will come it's something I'm working through uh working nearly out the other end I will say other people won't agree my coach is going to be like no you're not you still got shit nice to do um but um it's something I'm working through at the minute and I know at the other end of it my business is going to just take a turn as well I just mm-hmm. know because there's going to be so much more experience that I will have gone through and so much more wisdom that I can share and show so when you are going through something in your personal life I will say to anybody listening if you don't want to work through it for yourself, work through it for your business because it will help, right? That's definitely a great just... catalyst to like get you to do the work, right? Because right. Your business to thrive. Exactly. Because once you work through what's going on in your personal life, it will really thrive and push your business 100%. Yeah, I think it's so true because I see a lot of coaches um, who say that their personal lives don't affect them, oh, right? Yeah, and uh, I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> is it really not affecting your business in any capacity? Because let's just say you worked for someone else, right? And you've got the flu and you've gone to work because you want to do the people pleasing thing that a lot of people do in corporate jobs where they just go to work even if they're sick. Are you telling me that your performance is not going to be altered by that flu? <laughs> like, come on, let's be real, right? Like, let's we're all human beings having yeah. having a human experience and it's okay if you're going through the shit 
and if your business is getting slightly affected by that of course you can put things in place so that if you have a bad day you've got things prepared in advance so that you can like you know like a bank of stuff that you can Mm. tap into if you ever needed it but at the same time that energy is gonna have some underlying like current in your business a definite like uh, an example of that is we were supposed to record this podcast end of july yeah i had an absolute burnout breakout breakdown end Mm -hmm. of july and for some reason or other we were like okay i can't i'm really sorry pally i don't think i had a voice did i I no you didn't and then i lost and then i and this is so we actually physically couldn't and it happens it does happen you know what I mean like and yeah of course you could have pushed through in that moment but could have it would have really affected the quality of of what you would have said I um two months June July spent back to back I think I think I posted the last weekend it was the first weekend that I haven't had anything on since Mm -hmm. the 11th of June I had been back to back with social events, with work events, with speaking events, podcast recordings, radio um, segments, stuff like that. Throughout the whole of them two months, I think it actually was six weeks. And end of July, I literally crashed and burned. I woke up one day, I couldn't move, I couldn't speak. Um, and I it was actually a manifestation of emotions as well. That mm-hmm. I'd been ignoring and subconsciously I know I'd created this whole busy period to ignore the emotions um and I've been taking all my medicine all my all the ju- usual jazz um herbal stuff throughout the week to try and feel better and then I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night I sobbed like ugly cried sobbed my heart out because I'd given myself the last few days to actually feel into what was going on and I kid you not, I woke up the next morning clearer than I'd been all week. Mm-hmm. Like there was no runny nose, the migraine had gone, like all of these stuff had cleared because I had sobbed it out. I'd released it out, right? But again, if I'd continued with all of that emotion banked in me and that week, I think it was two weeks, I cancelled meetings. I cancelled um I cancelled everything. I rescheduled everything. A little bit, I was starting to question whether I should. I, I rescheduled the first day and I thought maybe I'll feel better. And then the universe just took over and clients started messaging me, telling me they needed to reschedule. And I was like, okay, I get it, fine. I'll, I'll just reschedule the next mm. couple of weeks. Um, but like you said, had I have done that, the clients I'd showed up for, I wouldn't have showed up for in the correct manner, not just physically, but doing energy work energetically, how am I supposed to read a client's energy if I'm not okay? Yeah, you have to you have to fill your own cup because you cannot you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I think when I got pregnant, I was in such resistance from stepping back. I'd had this huge successful first quarter of the year, right? And I was yeah. like, yay, like I'm on this high. And then I got pregnant, which wasn't expected. And it's such a blessing. <laughs> so <laughs> people like and um, by the way I'm pregnant I was like wow congratulations <laughs> yeah. was that planned not planned you're like not planned <laughs> yeah not planned but biggest blessing ever and you know it's happened just the way it's supposed to happen and it's taught me more than I probably would have learned if it didn't happen so mm. you know it was it was a moment that I had to honor what my body was doing you know growing a human being is really hard work you know it's, it's, it's so it's underrated, 
Yeah. And I, I also had a lot of fear around the pregnancy because my first pregnancy, I had hyperemesis. So throwing up for nine months caused some trauma. And I was thinking that's going to happen again. But you had some other fear as well, like yeah. complex layers going on, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my gosh, like now I have to take a step back, right? And I was in this real resistance. Like, you know, I was like, I just want my business to move forward. I just want to keep going. I want my body to just push through, like just, just do the goddamn thing, right? And actually what ended up happening was I knew that if I carried on, one, I probably would have, really messed up my health and I that's something that I don't want to do because of how un- unwell I was in the previous years um with like various illnesses and and in even in my pregnancy but it I also knew that it was going to affect client experience I also knew that I cannot give to my clients what they need if I am trying to push through and show up and on social media, like I rescheduled so many things. Like I was supposed to do guest expert sessions at the time. I rescheduled lives and I just had to honor what my body was saying. And sometimes you, you just have to do, you just have to take the step back. But when I did come back, I came back with this renewed sense of like, I don't know what it was. It's, it's almost as if I needed that moment to, you know, when you zoom out. Yeah. That's what it felt like for me. Become the observer. Yeah. And it actually really helped me figure out what I wanted to do because I kept making all these plans of how I'm going to do pregnancy and business, right? And then I think it was around July. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm throwing goddamn rule book out the window. I made all these plans and I chucked them all away. And actually, since then, I've had the biggest downloads of the kinds of programs I want yeah and it's been amazing so it just shows that sometimes forcing it isn't always helpful and it's also really not on brand for me because I'm trying to help people build freedom into their lives and I'm not giving myself the grace of it that's it isn't it that's what we touched on before it's embodying it we can't be you can't be going and pushing through all these things when we're the ones telling people to uh honor themselves give themselves a break set boundaries how can we be telling people to do that when we don't do it ourselves and I think clients actually respect that if anything and they're like oh actually that's how you do it is that is that what she's talking about when she says honor herself and set boundaries Mm -hmm. and it's so important to to do that because on the other side of that you will build the kind of business you want to build you will build the kind of brand you want to build you'll become the person that people look to and say I want to work with that person because she's doing the thing that I really want right Mm. she's done the transformation and I I want a piece of that and I think that's so often the missing piece that a lot of people you know yeah I know people get burnt out by like looking at their brand over and over again but actually if you've already done that work are you actually now embodying it because if you're not embodying it you need to do other work now. You need to go and, you know, do the nervous system work. You need to go and do the work about, around self-worth, you know, to step into that, into that embodiment, into that identity, because then you will have that authority and you will show up like the person you're supposed to show up as in your business. The thought leader, the authority. Exactly, yeah. The other thing I do want to touch on, though, and I feel like in our industry, um, because the whole point and a lot of coaches are working for time freedom and freedom Mm -hmm. in life that can become quite a narrative now whilst we're talking about burnout and that I took time out and all these things if anybody listening is 
starting up a business that is very new, I don't want to underplay the hustle that needs to go into that. Yeah. Like there's there's work to be done. There's work. Like it's so, I think new people coming into the industry can hear things sometimes and it can sound like, oh, don't, don't burn out. Don't do this. And and all of it's true. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to get your shit done. (laughs) Like I have been to numerous networking meetings to make myself known I have mm-hmm. been I I network I show up I talk I there's so many things that that have to be done consistently right and I will always say this it's about being consistent so that people begin to know you um and yeah again if you do burn out take a break fine but I don't want this message to be taken in the wrong way as in like oh just chill out if you are at the beginning of your business there is there is going to be hustle that you're going to need to do consistently yeah Yeah, because it it's hard work building a business I'm what two and a half years in now like the word hard work Pally I know I like it because the reason I don't like it is because I associate hard work with what our parents always say like you've got to work hard Mm. you've got to work hard and then that does turn into more hours we think working hard means more hours whereas actually I feel I always say to people, let's let's use the word consistently, effectively. Mm-hmm. We need to work consistently and we need to work effectively. Yes, it can be hard or challenging. I prefer the word it can be challenging because I can coach. I'm a good coach. I that's what I do. Accounts, nah. Not my thing. <laughs> Technology, nah, not my thing. Those are the things that I find challenging running a business is the challenging bit for me. I don't like the word hard and I try not to put that, I try not to use the word hard in anything that I do, even with the kids, to be fair. My son's doing his 11 plus and it is bloody challenging, right? And But the thing is, I always say to him, I don't say to him, if you work, I've heard myself say it once and I just swallowed it back. I was like, nope. I went to say to him, come on, because if you work hard, you can get it. I thought, no, we're not using this narrative. Mm. I said to him, if you go to tuition consistently, you're going to get the results that you want and you put in the effort. So I try to eliminate the word working hard Mm -hmm. because it's associated with so much struggle. Yeah, I think think. it depends on your narrative around it. I think I did a lot of work around that word. So you can say it. (laughs) Yeah, so I I can use it without feeling like it's going to... Clearly I still need some work to be done around the world. (laughs) you know what it's funny how one word can like be such a point of contention for one person but for someone else it's not but you know in the beginning stages of your business there is going to be a lot of work that we need to put in and showing up consistently is super important you know and I think for me I spent my early years of business being ill at the same time so I actually got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis literally the same moment I decided to become a coach right so I was navigating my health and my business, and having a toddler, and working part-time, <laughs> yeah, so I went, hard. I went through the motion, <laughs> I remember that time, yeah, it did, it did feel really hard, but it also felt really rewarding, yeah, right, it also felt like this was the thing that I was supposed to do, and I think because I knew what my mission was, because I knew where I was going, I knew what, what I stood for, why I wanted to do this work, right, and that for me was the the motivator to keep going when things got hard 
you know, because there were days where I just wanted to be like, I just want to pack it in and I just want to sit and watch Netflix. I just want to relax. Right. But then instead of doing that, I would be like, no, I'm just going to write a piece of content. I would still give myself time to Mm. do things I loved, but I would also say, actually, this is a priority because your business is also something you love. And it it is going to be challenging, hard, like whatever you want to call it. saying, isn't it that 1% better each day? Yeah. If you're 1% better each day, at the end of the year, you're 37% better. And how much is 1% better? Really, mm. really, how much is 1%? Like, you can do that. You can show up and write one caption. You yeah. can send one email. Do it from bed, if that's what you want to do. Exactly. Or do it whilst Netflix I worked a lot in bed. Yeah. <laughs> early days when I was really unwell, you know, because I didn't want to completely abandon my business. But then there's also a point that I think is important to emphasize. It's like know when to take the step back, because sometimes actually pushing forward causes more resistance. And I've seen that in myself where my health is completely deteriorated to the point where I can't even think straight. Mm. Right. And, you know, if anyone has experienced like gut issues and severe gut issues, you know, it's really difficult to continue doing it because the the disease itself is debilitating. So it's difficult to to navigate doing the work at the same time. So I've had to honor moments in my business where I've had to say, you know what, I need to, I need to take a break. And when I come back, I'll be even stronger. And every time I've come back, I have. And every time I've come back, my business has gone from like, good to, to, to great, right? And every time it just keeps leveling up. So I think there's 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 a, the the fine balance of don't just give up and don't not do the work, but also honor. Like I think it's the, other the, stuff the going fine on. balance is realizing when ego is throwing you an excuse, mm. or when it's actually something that you need to pause. Yeah, and I think that comes with a lot of self awareness and yeah. doing the work, right? Yeah. So when we actually start taking a look that inner look at ourselves and start asking ourselves the real questions instead of putting so it on basically we're telling people they need to be aware but they can't be aware till they do the work but they're not going to be fully <laughs> it's such a it's such a it's such a weird thing but I think this is why I think it's so helpful having someone to to be in your corner yeah. to, to help guide you because there is a lot of like there's a lot of moments where you feel like you're chasing your tail in in business you know it can feel like that and yeah. uh, and I think sometimes the easiest way to tap out of that is to just ask someone can you please help me? I need yeah. I need to look at this. I, I can't do it for myself. Another thing I want to share, because, again, in our industry, oh, my God, who wants to puke when they see six, seven figures all the time? Do you want to be a six-figure coach? Do you want to be a seven-figure coach? Do you mm-hmm. want to earn 10K a month? Like, yes to all of that, but don't you feel like it's a bit rammed down your throat? It is, and I think it's because... Like I, I use, I use those terms myself, but I'm, I, I'm trying to be very conscious of where I use them and when I use them. Right. That there, there so, is, but there isn't an over narrative. There's an over narrative yeah. I think, of it, like you said, but I think that can for startups or for coaches that are starting out, that can, that can make you feel shit like, Oh God, not there yet. How do I do that? Like what, what, what do I do to, to be that? And I think it's okay to realize, first of all, figure out what do you want from your business? Mm -hmm. Because some people have a seven-figure sale or a six-figure sale, but that's not their profit. Mm. And that's really important to understand. 
So whereas someone might have a profit of six figures, great. Other people might not. So for me, my business is for time freedom. That means I'm not going to do every single thing myself and I'm not going to keep 100% profit because it's not going to be the case, yeah? Because I want time freedom, I want to be able to spend holidays with my kids. I want to be able to pick them up from school. I want to work three days a week on calls and I want to be working nine till 3.30. That means I need help. So I outsource my social media and that is one of my biggest costs. Mm -hmm. So I outsource social media. I um, have had um, a tech guy come in and do sales pages for me because like I just mentioned, tech isn't my thing. Um, I will be in the future getting my website sorted, um, looking to by the end of next year by sorry the beginning of next year hopefully have a VA in as well like doing a bit of things for me all of them things cost right and and can I just say it's been a very steady process I've been in business now for three years and I'm mm -hmm. getting to this point so it's not something that people are going to have straight away as well and VA I might not have consistently I might just you can have them as and when you want yeah just to yeah. kind of make it transparent to people anybody listening um so for me, my profit's not going to be as high as somebody that has the time to do these things, mm -hmm. but that's okay. So my profit might, might not, might be whatever, 40, 50% of, of the six figure sale. And if that's the case, that's okay. Because it gives me my time freedom. I, what I want out of my business is the time. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky, touch wood, blessed enough. My husband is able to support us in other ways. So I don't have that responsibility on me that that the my money is earned to feed the kids or feed us so I'm very lucky in that sense every single person will have a different why or different motive for their business and it's really important to lean into what is yours so that you can understand and then if you see posts or if you see narrative around things that may trigger you a little lean into go back to hang on what is it that I want my business for what is it that I'm doing because does that even relative to me because mm -hmm. if it's not there's no need to get triggered from it yeah I also think it's um it, it's also helpful to look at why it's triggering you yeah like, you know because that can also unlock a lot of like money limitations yes. and beliefs as well Definitely. because I always found myself getting triggered by posts like that when I first started because I was like I'm just so far away from that yeah <laughs> I've hardly made anything in my business right now and you know I, I always used to get triggered by that and I think somewhere along the way I started doing that money work mm. it was when I got ill last year that's where I did the deep money work and that's where things started shifting. So when I started seeing that content, it no longer triggered me anymore because now I, instead of seeing something that was lacking in my life, I saw possibility. Yeah. Right. So I saw like, you know, and I, I love the the thing that you touched on around like knowing your why. And it's so important. Like I, I, I do this work with all of my clients. It's like your external why is going to be things like your mission and your, your purpose that you share externally in your branding, but you can also have a personal why. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for me, my personal why has become this like thing that keeps driving me, right? Like I want to buy a farmhouse. I literally want to grow my own food, I love that. you know, like that's my personal why. And that, that's because of my health and because I want my family to be healthy and, you know, to, to enforce those good healthy habits and to kind of live in the country where it's fresh and, you know, we want chickens. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's like what I envision. I'm going back to my roots, my Punjabi roots I am. And um, yeah, so that might, yeah, my external. Guest has to. 
<laughs> yeah or, or definitely want to build all that I want a space to hold retreats so oh, you know that's like yeah, what I yeah. see that's my personal why but my external why is because of my story with my family and why I want to help women create wealth because the women in my family were made to work for the family mm. business and never got paid for many many years and uh, my mom never even had a bank account until my dad passed away and that was what 12 years ago so wow. yeah we're talking like 20th century and in this country woman doesn't have a bank account you know that's quite rare to see yeah. nowadays and um you know there's a lot of stuff I can go into my story but I won't I'll, I'll pop a link actually in my show notes so you can read about it because there's an article written but um that's my external why right? that's that's the mission that drives my business forward and you know and I'm not afraid to say that like I want wealth because I've seen what happened to the women in my world that didn't have wealth that and didn't, didn't have, have choices wealth. right they didn't have choices for themselves so I think it's always important to like even when you're seeing this, like that's, it, it kind of touch, mm. touches on both things. Yeah, and, and when I uh, kind of mentioned the six, seven figures, so for me, when I first started, um, I was like, yeah, I want I want 10, 10K months. And, you know, I put it on my manifestation board. I put it on my, all these kind of vision board and, and had it, oh, 10K months, 10K months. And it wasn't happening. And that was disheartening me. Yeah. And I think the thing to do is when I le- lent into whether I actually wanted 10k months I didn't it was my ego and I was like oh actually I don't want that I don't want 10k months I'm happy with 5k months and and as the minute I said that and the minute I tuned into actually that's my ego that wanted that I don't want mm. that you know things started to happen a lot more for me because I was more aligned with my goal yeah because your goal can be anything right yeah it could be 20k if your lifestyle your if your personal why is going to cost you 20k by all means go for 20k yeah right so I think it all comes down to why you need or want that particular amount right yeah so I know there's like the blanket thing is like the 10k month right because I think that's kind of like the aspiration that everyone I don't know where this comes from why do we hear about it so much I don't know I don't know maybe it's we picked up on it somewhere in the coaching industry and now everyone's that's what I mean it's that kind of you hear everywhere but like you said like who said 10k month is what you need like you just said you decide what you need for yourself I did an exercise I did an exercise quickly I'll mention this and I think it might be helpful to, to to the people listening I actually worked out what my ideal life would cost me yeah. and I figured I figured out the exact number and when I knew that I, oh my gosh the pressure was off yeah I, the pre- and I made even more than I needed right yeah. so I was just like oh my god like okay this this is where you can start doing that that you know I know we've kind of moved I mentioned work, but you know oh, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned at my event, remember, that I did that and I actually forgot to put in savings and I manifested exactly what I had worked out and then looked at my account and I was like, oh, God, there's no money left because I'd forgot to manifest or account for savings as well. Savings, yeah, I always like to add anything, you know, like when I do manifestation work and and more. <laughs> And just anything more you want to give me and just any no just in case like you know because there are things that we will we will forget but I think it is so important this exercise can help you so much so when you see like if you're if you're getting triggered by you know people showing like this six-figure lifestyle or this 10k month thing 
you know, first ask yourself, like, what's the thing specifically that's really triggering you around that specific thing? Yeah, because you just mentioned um, coming away from self-worth, but actually money and self-worth are so interlinked. Yeah. And doing that work is going to help. Ask yourself. Yeah. When you ask yourself, why is that triggering me? Then you'll find what wound it's picking up. Yeah. And I remember when I actually went into this work and what money represented for me in my life. And because I'd come from a family where men, well, one man, my granddad, took all the wealth um, and didn't distribute it fairly, actually spent a lot of it on himself. Even after my dad dad passed away, he took a lot of my mom's money that she had received in like pensions that my dad had mm-hmm. and went and blasted it on himself in India. Like that's what, that's what he did with it. But that money, what money represented to me was actually quite toxic. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I addressed the belief because... Money for me, when I thought of the image of money, it was my granddad. And can you imagine? I hated oh, the t- that. Must have taken so much. Un- yeah, yeah. I, I had to unpack so much around that, and I slowly, slowly over like a few sessions with with my EFT practitioner. You can do this in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be EFT, by the way. Um, but yeah, unpacking that and unpacking that and slowly like moving away from this identity of money being this man that really hurt a lot of people in my life that I really cared about actually made me move to another way of thinking around money and it wasn't actually Mm. until then that I actually started getting the thing that everyone wants which is the 10k months and all of that stuff you know what I mean like I I was gonna say I saw a post that really helped um, reprogram or bring a different perspective of money and instead of clients are giving you money because money is an energy right Mm -hmm. so instead of clients giving you money it's god giving you or the universe giving you money through clients that seems to somehow (laughs) have such a softer and night a more of a receiving you know oh right fine if god or the universe give me fine i'll have it through clients that's fine but sometimes when people think of it's clients money i feel bad yeah this pricing or that kind of thing that puts a bit of restriction so that that was a really nice kind of um way to to reframe it that actually it's um coming from god through clients well i've just realized what the time is so i'm gonna i i want you to tell me right because we've we've touched on so much stuff today like there's just so many nuggets of wisdom in this in your experience then like what's the one piece of advice or two pieces of advice whatever you want to share um that you want to leave for like anyone starting up in this industry or anyone who's already doing this work started you know going into their business maybe struggling you know whether it's with their marketing their branding their mindset you know their self-worth is there anything that you think like that's coming to you it's the hardest thing to do (laughs) so what I want to say is there's going to be so much content out there in terms of there's going to be so many different ways of doing things basically Mm -hmm. there's so many different business coaches there's so many different different ways to work on yourself what I try to do is be open to listening or hearing what everyone has to say and then I take on what resonates with me I take on a little bit from that person and a little bit from that person, a little bit from that person. And I create what works for me. Um, and I don't think I lean into, it's super important to lean into 
what works for you. And when people, family, friends, or whoever gives you feedback, also lean into the, it can sometimes feel really restrictive. Like you, you mm. want to straight away, like, oh, what do you know? Or, you know, defensive again, that's a trigger, right? What is it triggering? For me, it used to be, are they saying I'm not good enough? Is that why, is this what they're saying? But it's about taking the feedback on board and taking what they've said. But again, processing, is that what I want to do? So for instance, my, the perfect thing I said before, I take that feedback on board and perhaps I could tweak a few things, but at, but otherwise I'm not here to make things look perfect. I'm here to be me and to be real. Um, so yeah, take feedback on board, process it and tune it into what you need. Take other people's or other coaches' trainings and strategies on board and take from it what resonates with you and what you are going to be able to lean into and what you are going to fly with because not everything works for everyone. Like for me, Facebook groups, I can't do. Mm-hmm. Other people love Facebook groups. They run them really well. They thrive in Facebook groups. They have an amazing community. It doesn't resonate with me. I've tried running them. They just don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's super about tuning into what works for you. I love that. Um. So I'm going to wrap up now. So do you want to tell people what's coming up in your world? I mean, because I think... God, I think so many of my community. Tell people, I thought, oh my God, what is she going to ask me now? <laughs> <laughs> no hard question, just what's coming up and also where people can find um, you. So I'm not sure when you're going to be airing this, but at the minute I've got for, from the 4th to the 6th of September, I've got a free three day training called Reignite Your Light. And it's a three day training. I did it last year. Last year, over 100 women joined and it was amazing. I have tweaked it. I have made it better. Um, It's absolutely phenomenal because each day we're looking at something different. On the first day, we're looking at your vision. So many people are lost in life and I'm going to help them tune into what their vision is, what they want in life and where they want to go. Number two, two, day two is all about uncovering your beliefs. So what is it that's holding you back from the vision that you want? Where is it that you feel like you're stuck? And day three is all about your inner strength. So tapping in and tuning into a lot of what we spoke about today, tuning into your inner strength so that you can have the belief to carry out the vision. Amazing. Well, I'm actually going to post everything in the show notes so people can find everything that you're doing. Um, Also, do you want to tell people where they can find you on socials? Yeah, so you can find me on Amundsen or Mentoring. My website is currently under construction, but um, Amundsen or Mentoring is my Instagram. I hang out a lot there. You can also sign up to my email list um, and I send you lots of emails not lots of emails, but keep you up to date with what's going on in life and general nuggets of wisdom as well well thank you so much this was such a great conversation like i love i know i loved it i'll have to have you on the podcast again definitely for sure when i have my new studio (laughs) yeah and like when i've got mr mike set up yeah because you also have a podcast coming up don't you i do i do i have and i've made myself accountable because it wasn't you that i said to i posted it the (laughs) other day and i did it for a reason because i've been thinking about a podcast for a while and i was like no i'm gonna put it up and i'm gonna be accountable so yeah oh my god i can't wait by the end of the year so yeah i'll definitely have to have you on again once your podcast is up and running and uh 
we can go into some of these topics a bit bit more um but thank you so much it's been amazing to thank have you for having me thank you thank you so much for tuning in today i loved having that conversation with amen she has so many nuggets of wisdom and if you want to check her out i have put all of her details in the show notes and also the details for her upcoming challenge which sounds absolutely amazing and if you have a moment I would love it if you could take just a second to review this episode wherever you're listening to it it really helps the business it really helps the podcast grow and really get in front of people who want to hear this message and need this kind of support so if you have a moment to do that I would love it if you do and also if you have any feedback that you want to give me on socials you can find me at souls lemonade and as always I appreciate you so so much for being here